Well, good morning again. Guys, got your donuts and coffee and smiles and hugs and handshakes and prayers, hopefully, and encouragement. God's got good things in store for you today. Amen. 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 Man, I've, the last two weeks I've been, I just, I just especially this week, I just, I don't know if I can say this right, but just felt the joy of the Lord. Not like for me, but like for you guys. Like, like just as I'm just preparing this, that Jesus just really is excited about you hearing this. I don't think he's as, as excited about me preaching it, but, but the content from Jesus, from his word, the, the revelation that, and, I, and some of this is just not new stuff, but just getting this deep down in our spirit. Amen? Yeah. You, you're saying, amen, you don't even know what we're talking about, but it's just, it's the word of God. So we can trust that the word of God is going to get in our hearts and change us and transform our minds. So we started this new little series uh, last week, Detours, Dead Ends, and Roadblocks. And uh, it, remember, it was going to be called Roadblocks and Beaver Dams, because I think the, the river analogy fits this a little bit better. But the concept is this. Here's, here's the concept. Here's, here's my premise. And, and there's enough scripture to back this up, that this is really what's supposed to happen. That when you come to Jesus, okay, whether you come to the altar, whether it's in your home, whether you're driving, what, like the moment that, that the Holy Spirit nudges your heart, makes you aware that you're a sinner in need of a Savior, and you can't get there on your own. You need the grace of God to forgive your sins and to rebirth you, right? To be born again. Once that happens, when that happens, you are plunged into an, I say this and you're going you're gonna to disagree because you've lived real life, but conceptually, you've been just plunged into an automatic growth with God. I can tell you're, you just, you're not, I'm not so sure about that. I've, I've been a Christian for a while. It's not very automatic, I can tell you that much. The, the concept is, if you're a branch and Jesus is the vine, you're just growing, man. Do you get it? Jesus preached a lot about that. You're just growing. And so this series is, it, it's meant to highlight the futility of striving, but also highlight that this automatic growth tends to get blocked up when we get road, you know, now we're on the highway thing, but beaver dams and roadblocks, you know, things clog up this automatic growth. So we're, we're highlighting some of those things. Like, guys, look out for this. God just wants you to grow. He wants tomorrow to be better than today and the next day to be better than that. He wants us to grow in him. And that doesn't mean there's not hard times. It doesn't mean that there's not processes. All the growth doesn't happen. Like if you get saved on Tuesday, you're not fully mature by Wednesday, right? Do we agree with that? So even if it's automatic, some, sometimes it's painful and slow, but there's a process. And so last time, I've got three verses from last time, three slides from last time. They're short, and then we'll get into new stuff. This is to kind of wrap up last week. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a what? A new creation. Yes. Look at your neighbor say, you're brand new. Come on. 
If you've accepted Jesus Christ, if you've given your and surrendered your life to him, you are brand new. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. And we spent a little bit of time talking about the tension between when I'm holding the word of God and I see something like this, the old has passed away, the new has come, I'm a new creation. And you look at the mirror, and you're like, that does not look new. I've seen my life. I know my hang-ups. I know where I'm stuck. I know I'm, I, don't, I know areas in my life I'm not living like Jesus. I've got thoughts that are not like Jesus' thoughts. I've got attitudes. Well, for sure, my wife's got attitudes that are not like Jesus. <laughs> so you look at the mirror, then you look at the Word of God, and then you look at the mirror, then you look at the Word of God, and you're like, well, I know this is true, but there's this struggle. If this is true, all right, the old has passed away. Hallelujah, right? I still feel a lot of old some days. So then the Bible's wrong, right? No, not at all. This is the truth, and it still needs to get manifested in our life. So we're, we're starting with just really pounding these truths in, because I think sometimes we, we soften them because we don't see the result of it always. So something's got to give, and so we just say, well, I know that's true. It's probably more true for Jim because he's pretty much perfect. <laughs> right? <laughs> Kathy, anything to add to that? <laughs> Another verse from last time. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, And the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like him. Who does? The Spirit. The Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Come on, there's this pathway that we're on that God has for you. God's got incredible things for your future, and it's he's just he's like, this is automatic, all right? Except for we need to eject the junk out that holds us up. Last one from last week, Philippians 2.13. For God is working where? In you. Giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. God is working you. So that's our wrap-up from last week, saying that you guys are just, we're on this path. And so it's the contrast between, and the, and the, like if, if both of these work, the end result looks exactly the same, it's, but it's a completely different result. But one is I get saved, and I'm on this path, and Jesus is growing inside of me, and and. Every once in a while, he's highlighting things that need to get ejected out of my life, and I surrender my life more to him. I, I start walking in holiness and righteousness, right? My re life reflects him. The fruit of the Spirit is in my life. Or the other way, which is how most of us do this, because, just because we're human, and we get saved, and Jesus does something in us, and now I'm going to try to be better, and I'm going to be a better person, I'm going to work a little harder, and I'm going to do it right. And there's this striving that happens, because we see the Word of God filled with these commandments, and, it, and every one of them needs to be applied to our life. But over here, Jesus changes our desires inside, so we want to love him more, and it's this internal thing that happens, and he purifies. Over here, see, it looks the same on the outside. Over here, we're like, oh, I can't do that, I can't do that, and, but we would if we could get away with it. <laughs> Maybe no one's as human as me in here. I don't know. I would. But over here, Jesus is, is uh, an expulsion of old desires and a, and a planting of new desires, a new heart and a new spirit change from the inside out. Outside in, which never really gets in, inside out. They can look the same on the outside. That's what we're talking about. How do we keep our life free from these obstacles and stay on that transformative process because, and I said, I'm, I'm highlighting what I think God is already doing here. And, and I could just, I could list names. I could tell you, like, I, I can't do that. That's wrong. But like, 
having conversations with you guys, that's what God is doing here. God is just breathing. He's like, mm, don't do that. Mm, change this. Work in this. Let me do it. And I'm like, so the Lord was just saying, just talk about that because he wants to do that more here. God wants to do more of that. God wants to continue and keep doing more of that. So here we go on to the new stuff. Inside of you. Inside of you. A single neuron can send as many as 1,000 nerve impulses every second, or 60,000 per minute. A healthy human brain has about 2 billion neurons. That adds up to 12 quadrillion signals being sent throughout your brain every minute. Inside of you. You have somewhere between 100,000 and 150,000 hairs on your head, and each of them grows about a half inch per month. Collectively, your hair grows 1.1 inches in a minute. This is happening inside of you. This is what's going on inside your body. Each heartbeat pumps about 2.4 ounces of blood, sends it throughout your body. If you have a resting heart rate of 80 beats a minute, your heart pumps 1.5 gallons of blood every 60 seconds. By the end of your life, your heart will have pumped 1 million barrels of blood. Wow. That's going on inside of you. Inside of you right now. These miraculous, incredible things that we are unaware of, unless you're a nurse or a preacher with illustrations. We have, no, we have no idea that this stuff is going on inside of us, and yet this powerful manifestation of God's design is happening inside of us all the time. Your two kidneys filter out all of the blood in your, filter all of the blood in your body, sending the clean blood back into your bloodstream and removing waste products. About 1.2 liters per minute or 180 liters per day. Considering the average adult body contains four and a half to five and a half liters of blood, that means all your blood is filtered more than 30 times every single day. In your body, inside of you, right now. That's going on. All this is happening. It's not just something you're learning about. This is, this is actually taking place inside of you right now. It's happening. Do you believe me? Yeah. I'm not telling you lies. This, I mean, I can't confirm this. I have to trust the medical field, but I don't know. I think my blood's pretty clean. <laughs> I don't really know, but... The human body also creates and exerts energy with food as its source. One calorie from food equals 4,200 joules of energy. A person who consumes 2,000 calories a day uses about 92.2 joules of energy per second. I can feel that some days. <laughs> or 5,832 joules per minute. For comparison, a 75-watt light bulb is using 75 joules of energy per second. You could be powering a 92-watt light bulb with the energy that your body is producing. Come on, shine. Some of this, like, and you could go on with hundreds and hundreds of these that uh, we would go, whoa, it's awesome. It's the awe of God, God's design in us. That's happening where? Inside of you. It's happening inside your body. It's happening inside of you. These miraculous things are going on inside of you right now. That one million whatever barrels of oil, of, oil, <laughs> of blood, <laughs> like that's tick, tick, like it's, Every heartbeat is pumping that. Like, it's going on right now inside of you. It's the miracle of God that's happening inside of you. Now let's bring this to what uh, the spiritual part of this. Colossians 1.27, God wanted to make known among the Gentiles or among the heathens, among the sinners, the glorious wealth of this mystery, which is Christ 
in you, the hope of glory. We proclaim him, warning and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. I labor for this, striving with his strength that works powerfully in me. The power of God is working where? In you, yeah, in you, in you. We don't know everything that happens at salvation. It's a, it's a mystery. If you think you know, you need to study your Bible a little bit more because the more you know, the more you find out, the more you don't know. Like you're just like, whoa, okay, how does this all work? Once you start trying to quantify and qualify what's really like, it's our spirit and God is spirit. It's like kind of saying, we can kind of know, well, it's foggy over there, right? Okay, go tell me where the edge of that fog is. Right? You get the concept. The Word of God reveals what happens in us. And we don't know exactly how all that works. But one thing we do know for sure, what did not happen when you got born again is nothing. What did not happen is nothing. You did not get born again and nothing happened inside of you. It is impossible if you've surrendered your heart to Jesus, if you've given your life to Christ, if you've accepted the free gift of God in your life, it is impossible for nothing to have happened. God did something supernatural in you. Some of you are sitting here and you've, you're, look, you're taking stock of where your heart's at right now. You're taking stock of your behavior over, over the past X amount of months, years, decades, I don't know, and you're going, I just, some of you are tempted right now to think, I, I just don't even know. Like, I, I, I like going to church, but I don't know if anything really ever happened in here. If Jesus Christ has entered your heart, you've been made new in your spirit, and amazing things have the potential to happen inside of you. We can't always judge from the outside. can't always look at just the mirror. Now, the mirror needs to line up with the Word of God. But we need to be rooted in what actually happened in us so that the mirror can change. That's what I'm saying. We're, we're just stomping this in the ground saying, you have changed. Now, maybe it hasn't worked itself out yet. We're going to fix that. That's what this whole series is. But if we don't get the fact that, you, hey, you're a new creation. Again, look at someone and say, you're new too. <laughs> Come on. If we don't get that part. Then you're stuck over here. And everything I tell you from this point on about, about the blocks to the move of God in your life is just going to be a human work. It's just going to be, i got to get better then, huh? If, you don't have, if you're not convinced that Jesus loves you and he's in you and he's transforming you from the inside out, it just turns into an outside-in thing. This is a thing of beauty where God begins to transform our hearts into the image of him. We saw that in our verse from last week. This is ugly and exhausting. And it makes us kind of look like Jesus, but if you could peel us open and look, it wouldn't look like Jesus in there at all. So we've got to be convinced that God wants to, is doing something and wants to continue to do something in you. In you. In you. Look at, the, look at this verse, Ephesians. This is going to blow your mind. I pray that he may grant you, Paul's writing here, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power in someone else's inner being. Not true at all. To be strengthened with power in your inner being through his spirit, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith so that you may be filled with, filled with all the fullness of God. When's the last time that you pondered the fact 
that Jesus wants all of his fullness to dwell in you. Come on, anyone awake in this place? That the God of the universe, who is so holy, we can't even look on the mountain in fear and trembling, right? Except for the blood of Jesus, which now allows us to draw near and come close. Jesus is like, not only can you come close and touch the mountain, I want to dwell inside of you. Fullness of God, where? Oh, off in a revival somewhere, right? No, fullness of God in you. The fullness of God. Come on now. Hey, man, we're going to get to some good stuff here. Wow. But I think this is pretty awesome. Now, to him who is able to do it, look at this. Look at this last paragraph here. Now, to him who is able to do it, okay, to him, we're talking about God here. To him who is able to do above and beyond what we ask or think. That's pretty big, because I can ask and think for a lot of things. According to the, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Paul ties two things that should not be together here. He's saying, I'm talking about God, and there is nothing impossible for God. He's above what you could ask or think or imagine. He's greater than your mind. He's bigger than life itself, according to that power that works inside of you. You're like, excuse me, Paul, one of those, like I've seen the power in me. It's like, like a dud of a firecracker, right? <laughs> That doesn't fit with the first, those first two lines don't seem to fit with the third line. And that's what Paul is getting at. He's like, guys, come on. There is a power of God and there is nothing that you can conceptualize that's beyond his ability. And it's tied to that same power. That's the power that's at work in you. In you. That power is at work in you. Come on. That power is in you. Jesus is in you. He's working in you. Well, I don't feel like it. I don't care. Jesus is working in you. Now we've got to, we've got to position our hearts. We've got to surrender. We've got to say yes. Like, like there's, there's, there's a part that we play. But you can't do it. You can't do it. You don't got... When, when the level of your ability reaches those first two lines, then the third line you can do on your own. Just saying. When you are able, when you are able to do above anything that you or I can ask or think or imagine, then you can go ahead and have that power inside of you that's changing your life. If you can't fulfill those first two lines, then you cannot fulfill the third line. Nobody's with me. I don't know. Maybe I'm just rambling up here. I don't think so. So, the divine power, it, it gets even better than that. Like, that's already scandalous and crazy. It gets even better. We're going to, see, that was Paul. But you know, that's Paul. Now we're going to hear from Peter. Peter, he's a little more grounded, right? He was with Jesus. He doesn't believe such crazy things like that, okay? Paul, he's just, Paul's a little excited, right? He just really loves the church. And he just really thinks you guys are going to do well. He's a cheerleader. Paul's like, come on, Alana, you could do it. You got this. You got this. Look at that new baby. Yeah, you're going to do it. You're going to love Jesus. You're going to go out. Whoop, whoop. But Peter, right? Peter, he's, you know, Peter. Come on, it's Peter. He's going to tell it like it is, right? Peter's going to, Peter's going to get right down to the brass tacks. He's not going to be all floofy like Paul's like, you can do it. And Peter's going to, Peter's going to tell you what's up. Peter says this, his divine power, come on, has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him. 
who called us by his own glory and goodness. Because of the goodness and the glory of God, he called you and then equipped you with everything that you need to live this life of God wholly before him. He doesn't stop there. It gets worse. Through these, he has given us his very great, great and precious promises so that through them, you may, hold on now, this is just getting crazy. You may participate in the divine, what? Not just God inside of you. You may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption of the world caused by evil desires. I think Paul was a little more gentle. Peter's just, he's like, you're going to participate in the nature of God. Does that sound like, I'm going to go to church and be a little bit better. That sounds completely different than that. I need to go to church so that I can, you know, whatever, just not be such a bad person. I hope that happens. But that's not what this is talking about. This is talking about the one true God, the supreme ruler of the entire universe, the creator of all things, the manifest power of God, that nature being infused into you. Wait a minute. So hold on, teacher. I got a question. <laughs> like Old Testament, like if the mountain was smoky and rumbling, don't touch it because you die, Right. Not only now are we drawing near, it's more than that. We're not only drawing near, but Christ is in us. Whoa, not only that, we're participating in the divine nature of God. How does that work? I don't know. Where's the edge of the fog? I don't know how that works. I just know it's truth because it's in the word of God. There's this mysterious thing that happens when you get born again, and as soon as we just try to logify it, we can't figure it out, and then we just diffuse it of its power. Just know that it's true. God is coming inside of you, and you're going to participate. You're going to be a partaker of his holy and divine nature. There's going to be a power source inside of you that you've never dreamt of. We need to know this, guys. We need to know this. And every time that I would get just kind of go through my notes and kind of picture me, just, I, would just, I would just sense Jesus being like, they need to know this. Like, he's excited that you know that he's in you, producing the kind of life that you really desire to have. I really want to live holy. I really want to walk before God. I really want to walk in the power. I really want my prayers to mean something. I really want to be able to tell someone about Jesus. I really want to, right? And that's the kind of power that Jesus is giving you to walk in. This life application commentary says, Christ's power manifests itself in the lives of Christians. For that power gives believers everything we need for a godly life. The power to grow doesn't come from us, but from God. Because we don't have the resources to live as he requires, God gives us everything we need for godly living to keep us from sin and to help us live for him. John Piper says this, the Christian faith is not merely a set of doctrines to be accepted. It's a power to be experienced. Come on. Come on. It's a tragic thing to ask people if they know the Lord and have them start listing the things that they believe about the Lord. It's divine power that saves. The mark of sonship is divine power, and the mark of power is godliness, which means a love for the things of God and a walk in the ways of God. Come on, God's going to come inhabit you, give you his divine nature, transform you from the inside out where you start loving and liking and walking out the things of God. Start walking in his nature. Another website says this, life and godliness are now our permanent possession, 
having been given by pure grace. Maybe you're thinking just now that, listen to this, someone, someone needs to hear this today. Maybe you're thinking just now that you don't really have what it takes to make it in this life. Peter says that God's power gives us what we need to experience real life in a way that pleases him. God wants to affect every area of our lives, work, marriage, family, relationships, church, and community. It's God in us working something incredible. And just because I could, uh, the next quote that I've got is a Charles Spurgeon quote, and I just, I, was, I had too many slides and I was trying to get rid of some, but I couldn't get rid of this one because it talks about the flow. It talks about exactly what we're talking about. He says, since it is God who by his divine energy has made you partakers of the divine nature, see that you use your grace-given energy. Rest not idly upon your oars because the tide of grace carries your ship onward. Well, that for a little old English. I like that. Spurgeon's saying, man, there's a work of God that's happening inside of you. And you need to surrender your heart. You need to, you need to keep letting God take that junk out of your life so that it doesn't get clogged up. But don't think for a second that you're the, you're the one oaring this ship, okay? That's the difference. You're not the one, like, you're, he's the vine, you're the branch, right? You're not sucking the life out of Jesus because you've got a great... Whatever, what's inside of vines? I don't even know. Nutrient pump. And <laughs> you're like, you're drawing it out of the Lord. Like, he's providing it for you. Man, that illustration was really good in my head. I don't know what, it, like, it's him pouring it into us, not, not us because we're so good and I'm going to draw it out of Jesus. Man, he's gracing us. Dallas Willard says, the birth from above the receiving of a superhuman kind of light. I, like, I love how he says that. The receiving of a superhuman. Hey, look at somebody say, you're superhuman. You are superhuman. That, that is, that's not a joke. It's biblical. You have the supernatural power and presence of God living inside of a normal human. You are superhuman. The stuff that you are called to do is beyond humanity. You're called to forgive in a way that would, make, that would send other people to prison. Right? You're, you're called to not have bitterness in your heart. You're called to be so generous that it's just stupid. Right? You're called to love in ways that don't make any sense. And that's not, human power does not have that kind of oomph to it. You're superhuman. Dallas says the, the, this superhuman kind of life from the God who is literally with us in surrounding space. To be born from above in New Testament language means to be interactively joined with a dynamic, unseen system of divine reality in the midst of which all humanity moves about, whether it knows it or not. And that, of course, is the kingdom of God. So Second Peter, Peter's telling us, you've got this divine nature of God that you're partaking of. You've got everything that you need. Everything. Point at someone. Say, you've got everything you need. You got everything you need for life and godliness. God's created it and provided it and resourced you to live for him. Oh, Pastor, I just don't know how I can do this. Stop it. When Peter changes his mind, you can change your mind. I just don't think I just, I can only try it. You've got the power of God. Like, that's what we're silencing today. We're getting rid of that. Because you've got, not because of you, you couldn't fight your way out of a wet paper Jesus bag, right? <laughs> but it's not you. It's the power of God in you. It's Jesus in you, the hope of glory. Illustrations are kind of all over the place today. 
So he goes on, for this reason, for this very reason, for what reason? What we just talked about, that because, for the reason that you've got everything that you need. For this reason, you should do these things. For what reason? Because you've been resourced with the divine nature of God inside of you, prompting you and equipping you, changing your desires and giving you the power to do what? Well, to do these next things. Peter is not saying, if you do these things, then God will like you better. Peter is saying, because he lives in you, line your life up with these things. Because you've been given everything that you need for life and godliness, he's going to arrange and show you what life and godliness looks like. He says, add to your faith, goodness. Add to goodness, knowledge. Add to knowledge, self-control. Add to self-control, perseverance. Add to perseverance, godliness. Add to godliness, mutual affection or brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, add love. And he goes on, he says, if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, increasing measure, God wants you to grow. He wants you to become more like him. We've already read that. They will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what he's saying there? No roadblocks. He's saying, if, if, if you recognize that you've got the power of Christ, I just, like, well, I went to church like four times and I didn't, you know, I just wasn't even, shh. that's not what we're talking about. Peter and Paul are saying, you have got the power of God in you. Well, I just, I don't even really see that. Hey, we'll get there. But you got to know that God is doing something in you. If you've said yes to Jesus, then this is true. And he says, for this reason, let's look like this. Let's look like Jesus. Now keep us free from roadblocks. But here's what he goes on to say. Whoever does not have them. So now we're getting into our first roadblock. But you gotta know the you gotta know the first part first, or you're just gonna get discouraged. You're gonna feel attacked. You're gonna feel sad. You're gonna feel hopeless. And the, that's the opposite of what this should do. You should feel inspired, empowered, and encouraged to boot out those roadblocks out of your life so that you can move on. Because, because I want to make sure that you know you've got, the, you've got the power of God in you. Jesus is living, giving you, partaking his divine nature for crying out loud. Inside of you. Just like that heart's pumping away and those kidneys are doing their thing. You might not know it or feel it. How many are like, oh, I think I'm on like round 26 of kidney washing today. Man, it's just happening. It's just happening. But you've got to let it happen, right? Now, you could, you could take drugs or eat things that would interfere with your kidneys doing what they're supposed to do, right? Right? Do you see what I mean? Otherwise, this stuff just happens automatically. So we got to get this junk out of our life. So this is the first one. Here's our first roadblock here. First roadblock, number one, myopia. <laughs> Amen. I see that. <laughs> Glad you're all with me. Nearsighted and blind. If you are myopic, myopia means nearsighted. Anybody know that? Nearsighted and blind. He says that if, if you're not producing this in your life, it's because there's a roadblock in your life. There's a beaver dam. There's a clog. You're nearsighted and blind. You've forgotten that you've been cleansed from your past sins. All right, really quick. This could manifest in, in multiple different ways. Let me give you three of them. You, you forgot that you're clean and forgiven. 
You came to Jesus. He forgave your sins. You repented. You said, God, I, I can't do this on my own. I need a Savior. I, I believe that you died on the cross and, and were buried and rose again. Come into my life. Change my heart. Free me and cleanse me from my sins. You were washed clean. Peter is saying, if you're not growing, one of the reasons is that you've forgotten that you've been washed clean. So you get stuck in a pre-Jesus view of yourself. Because you still have some carnal desires. You still got some junk in there, right? And we need to clean that out, and Jesus needs to transform us. But until, until heaven, right, that sin nature is still going to be clawing and scratching and fighting its way back. And we need to keep crucifying that thing. But we get stuck in this, this idea that here's where I'm at. You've forgotten You've forgotten, forgot that you've been cleansed. And so you see failure. You see sin. You see judgment. Who you are is the bad things that you've done. That's, yep, that's who I am. You can't see your new identity. You don't see your potential in Christ. You don't see future and blessing. You're wrapped up in, with the identity of, yep, this is who I am. You've forgotten that Jesus made you new. If you want to grow, you need to realize that you're brand new. Remember, we, like, I don't have you say these things just so that it makes a funner message. Sometimes I do. But today, I wanted you to say it. I'm new. You're brand new. You're brand new. When you come to Christ, you're brand new. You're cleansed from your former sins. That junk doesn't have a hold on you anymore. But if you're at all like me, and you get into a funk sometimes, your mind can start rehearsing. Oh, remember when you did that bad thing? Oh, yeah, hey, you're, oh, man. Why are you going to church? I know, I know what you did. Oh, yeah, you did it a lot, too. You probably weren't even sorry for it, right? Keeps just, the devil just wants to rehearse this garbage over and over and over and over again. I just want to hang out there a little bit more, but just know that, that Christ forgives you. He saves you to a higher calling. Not to be a little bit better, but be, to be brand new. All right. Second thing is, so we forget that we're clean and forgiven. We get blind to the amazing grace of God and the plans that he has for my life today. We, get, we can't see this future that God has for me. We can't see the working of God in our life. We're not growing because we don't see the God moments. See, the people that, that, that lean into these things are the people that are reading the word of God and they, and they see it. They see, whoa, this applies to me. But when you're stuck and you forgot that you've been cleansed from your past sins, you don't see that. You read the Bible and you're like, oh, that's Fred or Justin or Greg or somebody. It's not for, right? We have this false vision of what Jesus is saying about us. And we forget and we're blind. We can't see what God wants to do. We can't have the faith to know that God wants to transform me more today, more tomorrow, more the next day. Well, what if I stumble? What if I fall? What if I don't? What if I get back up and, and, and go, and what if I do it again? What if I don't? What if I get back up from that one? And what if the third time, fourth time, seventh time, hundredth time, I keep pressing into Jesus? That's, that's, what, that's what that removes. The, forgetting that you've been cleansed from your sins, it removes that hope. That, oh, it can be different tomorrow. All right, Holy Spirit, you're doing something in me. This went really bad yesterday, but it's a brand new, his mercies are new. How often? Every morning. What else? 
You get nearsighted. This one's ugly. Just, I'm just going to put it out there. Not picking on you because this is mostly about me. That's true, and that's also a joke because you'll see. You forget about the amazing things Jesus did, and you just see me. You just see what I want, what I need. You see your desires. You're nearsighted. You can't, you can't see far off. You just see this. And this is different from the first one because the first one, you just, you just think you're terrible, and you, all you see is your sins. This one's more insidious. It's more the selfish version. I'm nearsighted. I didn't just forget that I've been cleansed from my fasting, but I just, I, all I can see is just I live in this. I need this. I'm a victim of this. You should have done that. Jesus, why don't you do this? You got the Eeyore syndrome. You're just caught up in this little myopic, nasty version of you. Yeah, right. Told you it was about me. <laughs> and Peter's saying, that's why you're not growing. That's why you're not having these in increasing measure, because you're blind and you're nearsighted. And so when we get we get in this last one, I just we say things like this when we're in that third one, we're just kind of got this little world around us. I just don't see what all the excitement about Jesus is. You're nearsighted. I don't see why you guys worship and pray so much. I just, I just can't see myself being one of those kind of Christians. Right? I, I can't see giving up being comfortable to serve Jesus. Peter's saying, don't be blind. Don't be nearsighted. Don't be myopic. Here. If you're not growing, if you're not adding to your faith... It's because you've forgotten that God began a supernatural work in you when you were cleansed from sin, infusing his divine nature upon you, and now is dwelling within you to produce his character in you, giving you power to do his will and to walk in his ways. Come on. We don't want to be blind to what God wants to do in us. We don't want to forget that we've been cleansed of our past sins. Hey, got news for you. Just hold on. Like... Maybe just grip the seat a little bit. This one's going to be tough. You're not perfect. That's the newsflash. But that doesn't change the truth of God's word. When you come to Christ, you're cleansed, forgiven, and made new. Now let's let work, Jesus work that out in us. Change the desires of our heart to match his desires. Give us power to overcome sin. Give us power to love the unlovable. Power to not be bitter. Power to be joyful in unjoyful circumstances, right? Jesus replied, truly I tell you, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. I think we've got two more verses. We'll wrap up. Satan, the God who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand the message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. And I would dare to say that that same process that was predominant before you came to Christ wants to be reestablished after you come to Christ. The same blinding of your mind that Satan had on you when you were pre-Jesus wants to get reinstalled in your operating system after you come to Christ. It doesn't just go, oh, I guess I got to leave now. It wants to get re-rooted in so that you're unable to see the glorious light of the good news. The good news is you're not good enough, but Jesus is. He came and paid the price. If you surrender your life to him, he transforms you, makes you new, and has paid the way for you to walk this world in white.
And Satan wants to blind our minds. Last verse for today. I pray, Paul says in Ephesians again, that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he's called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and listen, his incomparably great power. For who? For those of us who believe. Paul's saying the same thing that Peter's saying. There's this power inside of you, but you need to see it. You need to know it. You need to live by it. It's not your works. It's not you striving. It's not you struggling. It's opening up the eyes of your heart so that you can see, wow, God, you do want to do something in me. Okay, God, we got a lot of work to do. And he's going to be like, I know. And you're like, okay, sign me up. All right, this could get ugly, but here we go. This is a good thing. So in the next couple of weeks, as we're just kind of putting that red hot poker on things in our hearts and in our lives that are going to clog up, don't think for a second that pastor's beating you over the head with that. No, we're saying, man, Jesus has already started a glorious work in you, and we want to just eject that junk out of the way so we can walk forward automatically with him. He's just going to draw us into his presence. He's going to grow us up, and we're going to be mature Christians. Amen? Amen. 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 Father, I pray for your blessing upon this people. God, I thank you for the work that you started in us when we surrendered our hearts to Jesus. And Lord, just today, we just surrender fresh again. We just say, God, we're your people, God. Have your way in us. Lord, we want our hearts to look like your heart, Jesus. Lord, we're, we're all aware of the darkness that lurks in there, but I thank you that you're shining your light in on it. God, you're cleansing us and you're making us, uh, giving us the power that is already inside of us. You're producing that power to have life and life abundantly. Bless people today. Give us a great week in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. amen.